Welcome to Simpler Bible, a daily journey to biblical understanding. Welcome to episode 18. We are closing in on the end of Genesis. We're almost 40% of the way done. Sorry, 80% of the way done. 40 is not almost finished with Genesis. We're almost 80% of the way done with Genesis as we look today, Genesis chapters 37 and 39. We're going to pick up with the life of Joseph. And we're going to pick up with Joseph, who is the first son of Rachel and he is about 14, sorry, 17 years old. And so here we are. We're going to talk about Joseph and his dreams here from Genesis 37 and 39. Joseph uh, is, is, remember, the first son of Rachel. He's, he's the son that, that Jacob, Israel, loved most. He loved, he loved Rachel most. And so he was the favorite. And pick up with me here in verse 1 of chapter 37. Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojourning in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. So remember that. These are the generations of Jacob. It's a little bit of a rewind. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report to them from their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a robe of many colors. This is interesting, this robe of many colors. Look, look at the study notes, look at the footnote in your Bible. We don't actually know if it's a robe of many colors. It's what we've always been taught. It's what we've been taught that it means, but it could mean a wide robe or a broad robe or a long sleeve robe. Whatever it means, it means that there's something significant about this, that in this robe, he is set apart from his brothers. His brothers don't have this, he does. And so He's young. These are the generations of Jacob. It's a rewind. It's probably not picking up right where we left off in chapter 35. And so it's going back a little bit and telling us about the things of Joseph. Now, look at verse 4. It says, When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all the rest of his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. And you'll see why. Verse 6, he said to them, hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. If, if you don't know what a sheaf is, when you, when you take the tools and you go out and you, the, you cut the wheat and you bundle it together, the wheat, the stalks of the wheat would form what was called a sheave. And so they would bundle these together with it so that people could come by and pick them up and throw them over their shoulders or whatever, carry a bundle of wheat. He says, hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. My sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brother said to him, are you indeed going to reign over us? Are you indeed going to rule over us? So they hated him. This is the third time that's been mentioned. Even more for his dreams and for his words. So then he dreamed another dream. This is a second dream, repetition in the Hebrew kind of culture. Remember, significance and importance. So then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Behold, I've dreamed another dream. The sun, the moon, and the eleven stars were bowing down to me. Sun, moon, and eleven stars. So Jacob, at this point Leah, because Rachel's dead, and the eleven brothers, Benjamin's already been born, were bowing down to me. Verse 10, But when he told it to his father and his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come and bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept these sayings in mind. His father kept these sayings in mind. That is the exact same response, by the way, that Mary, the mother of Jesus, will have after the angel Gabriel comes and speaks to her and tells her about Jesus. It says she kept all these things in mind. She considered these things. So um, 
And I think it's a similar thing to after Jesus is 12 and he's speaking in the temple. So pick up with me in verse 12 here. It says, now his brothers, Joseph's brothers, went to pasture their flock near Shechem. Shechem is a city that we see in Genesis 34. There's a long story there about it. Israel said to Joseph, are your brothers not pastoring the flock in Shechem? Come and I will send you to them. And he said to them, here I am. So he said to them, go now and see if everything is well with your brothers, with the flock and bring me word. So he sent him down from the valley of Hebron and he came to Shechem. A man found him wandering in the fields and the man asked him, what are you seeking? I'm seeking my brothers, he said. Tell me please where they're pasturing the flock. And the man said, they have gone away saying, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. They saw him from afar, and before he could come near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. So they see him coming from a distance, they recognize him, and they're like, look, here comes this dreamer, let's kill him, then what will happen to his these, his dreams? None of them will come true if we kill him. So they say in verse 20, let's kill him and throw him into one of these pits here, and then we'll say a fierce animal has devoured him, and we will see then what becomes of his dreams. Reuben hears this, he rescues him out of their hands, saying, look, he's our brother, let's not take his life. Don't shed any blood. Throw them into a pit. We'll think about what we should do. And so that's what happens. Verse 23. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the robe of many colors that he wore. They took him and threw him into the pit. The pit was empty. There was no water in it. This was a cistern. This was a pit dug for collecting rainwater. And it says they sat down to eat. And looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites. We haven't seen that guy in a little while. Ishmael. So these are the descendants of Ishmael, right? These are the ones that Abraham sent away. And now here they are coming from Gilead. So these Ishmaelites are in a caravan. And it says, with their camels bearing gum and balm and myrrh on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, what profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Let's sell him instead to the Ishmaelites and let not our hand be against him. For he is our own brother, our own flesh and blood after all. And his brothers listened to him. Then Midianite traders passed by. They drew Joseph up out of the pit, lifted him out of the pit, sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver, and they took Joseph to Egypt. Now, Judah is like, hey, look, we don't actually get anything from it if we kill him. Let's sell him. Let's make a tidy sum. And then we'll just say that an animal killed him. We'll tell dad, oh, yeah, we found his coat covered in blood, ripped up in pieces. And, and he'll never have to be the wiser. I want you to see what it says here. It says they took Joseph to Egypt. Now, you, are, you might remember from Genesis 15 that God, when he came to Abraham, this is where Abraham, Genesis 15, 6, where Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. He says, Abraham, I'm going to send your descendants into a foreign land, a land that they've never been in before, and they will be there for four generations for about 400 years, and then I will bring them back out. That land is going to be the land of Egypt. And here is where they are being sent into Egypt. Joseph is going as a forerunner. We'll talk more about that in the coming days. Joseph is going to be sent into Egypt ahead of the rest of the Israelites as ultimately a means to protect them. But right now, the brothers are just thinking, this is a really tidy way to get rid of our brother that we don't like very much. Verse 29. When Reuben returned to the pit and saw that Joseph was not in the pit, he tore his clothes. He returned to his brothers and said, The boy is gone, and where shall I go? They took Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat, dipped the robe in blood, and sent the robe of many colors and brought it to their father and said, We found this. Please identify it and let us know whether it's your son's robe or not. He identified it and said, It is my son's robe. A fierce animal has devoured him. Joseph was, is without a doubt torn to pieces. So Jacob tore his garments, put on sackcloth on his loins, and mourned for his son for many days. And all the sons and daughters rose up to comfort him, but he would not be comforted, saying, Nope, I shall go down into the grave to my son mourning. And his father wept for him. Meanwhile, 
Joseph was sold by the Midianites into Egypt, into Potiphar, the officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the garden. Now pick up in verse or chapter 39. Remember, Joseph, Joseph was 17 years old when all this took place. So verse 1, now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt to Potiphar, the officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, and had brought him down from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and this is beautiful. The Lord was with Joseph and became a successful man, and he was at, and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him and made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. The Lord is blessing him. The Lord is taking care of him. The Lord is providing for Joseph and is making everything that he does to be successful. And we're going to see that twice more. It's going to happen three times. And remember, Hebrew custom, Hebrew tradition, repetition is displaying the importance of it, the value of it. So it goes on to say in verse five, from that time on, he made Potiphar, made Joseph the overseer of all in his house. He said, look, everything's under your control. You can do, you're in charge. No one is more powerful in my house than you. Now, at this time, at this time, Potiphar had a wife who liked Joseph, thought he was a handsome young man. She keeps trying to seduce him. Joseph keeps saying no. Um, he says, look, your master, my master, your husband has entrusted me with everything in his house. I, I have authority over everything. The only thing that I don't, I'm not allowed to have authority over is you. You're his wife. And so she tries to seduce him. One day, she catches him in the house. It's just her and Joseph in the house by themselves. She says, come to bed with me. Come and sleep with me. He says, no. She insists and she grabs his garment and he wiggles his way out of his garment and flees the house naked, which is awkward, right? And so she yells and screams and calls for the servants to come. She says, look, this servant that my, my husband brought into the house, he tried to rape me. He tried to take advantage of me in the, in the bed. And, uh, she tells all the servants that, and then she stays there. And the Bible says, look, look here, verse 16 of chapter 39, she laid up his garment by her until his master came home. And she told her husband the same story saying the Hebrew servant you brought along with me came in to laugh at me. As soon as I lifted up my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled out of the house. When the master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, this is the way your servant treated me, his anger was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph, and here we have this again, the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison as well. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it to succeed. So this is the second time now that we've seen that. So here's Joseph, 17 years old, in this really negative situation. His brother's uh, wanted to kill him. Reuben spares his life. Then Judah is like, hey, look, let's get some money for the guy. And he gets sold to the Ishmaelites, who we hadn't seen in many years. And he gets taken into Egypt where he's sold again, ends up in this house. But what happens? God blesses him, gives him authority over the entire house. Well, false charges get brought against him. He ends up in jail. What happens to Joseph there? He ends up running the jail. The, the jailer now can just kind of sit back, watch his soap operas, eat his bonbons, because now Joseph's in charge of everything that's happening in the prison. And all of this is setting up what God is about to do in building the nation of Israel into a nation. Because right now, Israel's not a nation. Right now, Israel's a family. 
and he is about to take the family of Israel and build it into a nation. And he has put Joseph in the exact spot that he needs to be so that this work can be done. And we will see more of that story tomorrow. Thanks for watching. We'll see you then. Thank you so much for joining with us today at Simpler Bible through another section of scripture where we come to know and understand God a little bit better. Look, if you're brand new to Simpler Bible, we have all sorts of resources available for you. Go to our website, simplerbible.com, and there you can find these videos, you can find our podcast, you can find links to our social media, and you can even find a blog post with additional scriptures if you want to go into a little bit more study than we had time to cover in this podcast and video today. We hope that this tool will be exactly that for you, a tool. Not something that replaces your daily walk with God, but something that enhances your daily walk with God and helps you to know and enjoy Him more. Thank you so much for being part of this, and we'll see you again tomorrow.